0: Welcome to the Banker Midweek, your weekly look at what the industry is talking about, offering information bankers like you need to know. Welcome, everyone, to the Banker Midweek, and this is the first Banker Midweek of 2024. So, Happy New Year, everyone. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Excellent. As you can hear today, our Banker Midweek editors are Liz Lumley, myself speaking, uh, Barbara Pianese, and Michael Climes, and we all wish you a happy new year. Um, As our listeners know, the Banker Midweek is our weekly discussion of stories live on the Banker site and newsy bits that will influence future stories. So we're going straight in to the Banker website right at the moment. And this is a story from Michael. So this is uh, T plus one deadline brings market misalignment into focus. Industry bodies differ on when and how the EU should roll out. T plus one to align with North America. North America will move to T plus one for securities and FX trading in May. And the European Securities and Markets Authorities call for evidence on what Europe should do closed in December 2023. Trade Association responses reveal different timelines on when the EU should catch up. T plus one is such a fun topic for your industry. (laughs) Yes, it is. Talk us through this.
1: The uh, consultation closed at the end of um, uh, December Uh, And I just thought it might be useful to to see what some of the uh, different industry bodies said. And the headline for me was that um, the uh, Investment Company Institute, uh, which is a body in the US industry body, which represents all US regulated funds. So things like uh, ETFs, mutual funds, among others, basically said in its response that the EU should provide some urgent clarity um, in Q1 uh, spring and provide a sort of implementation timeline. For the EU to move to T T plus one over a 24-month to 30-month time frame, Um, and ICMA, um, which uh, which is the International Capital Market Association, in their response, uh, they basically said, "Wait a minute, we don't need to move that that quickly." So Mm -hmm. I thought it was just interesting that the main body in the industry body in the the U.S. that uh, gave its lengthy evidence said that the EU has to move move quickly. Mm How need clarity. The
0: EU move quickly. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But then, ICMA, um, which, as far as I understand, is, is is based in 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 London, mm-hmm. uh, uh, pretty much even though it's got a globe, more of a global out- outlook. Perhaps mm. was saying that we don't need to reach to a conclusion. That was an exact sentence in their response. And that those two sort of differences were the ones that it
0: doesn't surprise me at all. Struck
1: out <laughs> at, at, at me. Um, so we'll see what happens because the deadline is twenty eighth of May. Mm-hmm. So that the clock is 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 ticking. Um,
0: so what happens if? The EU and the US aren't aligned.
1: We shall see. Well, <laughs> well, that's quite um, an interesting thing. Um, I think that both sides of the Atlantic, have, if you can put it that way, have been working hard on on workarounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding that a lot of work has been done on the security side of things just, just, just to ensure the security trade settle. But on the F, foreign exchange FX side, it might be a little more difficult because mm-hmm. it's it's high volume, high frequency trading. Mm-hmm. Um and there if, if you have mis, a bit of mis misalignment, you need really really need to settle the trades, especially with var sums, that might prove prove interesting.
0: Interesting. All right. We're going to move on to a story from Barbara. So this uh, will the new EU banking resolution framework protect taxpayers money. In April 2023, the European Commission presented legislative proposal to update the 2014 bank crisis management framework. The new rules, despite not being finalized, are already causing a stir among practitioners and banks. So Barbara talk us Mm -hmm. through this one.
2: Yeah, so this is it is a very like technical topic. Uh, but I think it's one of those topics that becomes very relevant when a crisis, when a bank fails, for example. Mm. And then we don't have the time to think about you know, We saw rules, a lot of that last year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I think it's quite important that we, we move forward. And uh, I think before um, this, um, the original framework uh, in 2014, we didn't really have a choice. When, so when a bank was kind of failing, the choice was either um, was rescued by the state or was just... Uh, left failing. And this new um, resolution framework really aims at um, just making sure that uh, there is minimal impact on the economy and on the state finances. But as we've seen in the last decade, um, uh, this framework hasn't really worked that well uh, for a number of reasons that you can find in my article. So now um, European legislators are looking at ways to to make this uh, framework better. But of course, a lot of people are um, uh, not yet happy with the framework, mm-hmm. so we, we will see. Of course, it's not really a topic that we, we see every day in the news, but I think it will be quite uh, quite relevant, especially mm-hmm. as we see that you know banks will, will fail every time, and we need to make sure that um, uh, you know, it won't cost taxpayers money, and uh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is the main, the main uh, aim actually. And that also, we have uh, similar solutions for all banks in mm-hmm. in, uh, in Europe, so that the rules are pretty clear. And again,
0: we're we're looking at how fast the EU decides to move
2: yeah <laughs> yeah how fast, but also what 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 are the implications because I think one of the main uh point of discussion is um using more the um, depositor uh, scheme, so this is something a uh, a controversial yeah. point uh while a lot of um like campaigners say that instead banks need to to have more. Um, capital, um, yeah. to, uh, in case something goes wrong, they always they fight to... against that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. kind of like you know, looking to protect taxpayers' money. I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest kind of mainstream media headlines around the 2008 you know crisis was that banks were bailed out by yeah, yeah, the yeah, general yeah. public um, and taxpayers. So that's a, a huge reputa- reputational issue to yeah. try and do and protect that.
2: Yeah, that's what we want to avoid. Mm. Yes,
0: I think we all want to avoid that. (laughs) So we're moving on to a next story that was um, a bit interesting. So this is from um, Anita Hauser, uh, who covers uh, Europe and ESG issues for the banker. Will 2024 see stronger structures built around transition finance? In 2023, if 2023 was about regulation clamping down on greenwashing, and the overuse of terms such as green and ESG will 2024 be about bringing greater clarity around transition finance. I know I've I've seen a lot of people uh, talk about this in the press that they want to remove the actual term ESG. Um, it 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 doesn't do anyone. It uh, doesn't further the cause, and actually sometimes the in you know environment, society, and governments issues compete against each other, mm-hmm. which which is a bit interesting. Um, any any comments on this story from uh, from the group?
2: Uh, yeah. Well, this is. I think we're still we are still in the phase of like clamping down on greenwashing. Right? I don't think mm. that is uh, that phase as uh, is done yet. We still have a lot of uh, work to do because I don't think we have done enough.
0: In March 2023, the European Commission adopted a draft proposal for. E- Green Claims Directive to ensure consumers receive a reliable, comparable, and verifiable environmental information on products. I think that's something that the public is is crying out for. So this is an mm-hmm. ongoing story. We we cover we cover at the banker, and we're going back to God. There's a lot of uh, a lot of regulation and okay. frameworks we're talking about here today. So this is from one of our reporters, uh, David Day. So this is: Do banks really understand customers' needs? In spite of the new consumer duty guidelines, banks are still struggling to meet customers' needs and are not working hard enough to protect their finances in the midst of a cost-of-living crisis. Um, what confirms due to change that? And sort of at a glance, the story said a majority of respondents to a UK survey say they do not trust their financial services provider to support them in hard times. That's quite interesting. Customers are looking for better support and education from their bank in managing their money, and banks need to rebuild trust with their customers. But AI is not the path to doing that. Any thoughts on this story? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it's, uh, uh, of course, I think it's, it's just, it's all again about regulation. And regulation should push banks to, you know, to, to, to act for, for their customers, mm-hmm. as we're seeing with the saving rates. So nothing has, I mean, I don't think things have really changed. So I think regulation should be clear on, on how um, banks should, um, let's say, increase their um, interest rates for depository, mm. et cetera. Because at the moment, uh, even if the FCA has uh, kind of um, asked the banks to do something, in reality, nothing has uh, yeah. Uh, it, not it, much has happened because banks, as we've seen, have not really responded.
0: It's interesting. I mean, when the this, the Consumer Duty Guidelines came out, a lot of people were talking about the impact it was going to have on um, fintech companies, mm. separate from traditional um, banking and finance. And this issue of trust with consumers um, has always kind of been the ace in the hole for, mm. for banks. Um, you may not like your bank, but you know your money is yeah. safe yeah. there, and that's a trust. So it's interesting to see how... Banks are at times losing the tr- lo- losing yeah. that ace in the hole.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so it's it's not so much that consumers want to know their money is safe, but they want yeah support in, in having their money work yeah. for them. No, especially
2: um, especially because yeah, we know our money is safe not because of banks, because of mm. regulations that protect yes, this money. Yeah. So yeah. again, it's the the whole point? <laughs> I don't think yeah
0: yeah. Is it? What do you think, Michael?
1: No, I just think it's good that the. Um that is just from my perspective that the FCA is pushing quite hard with the consumer duty mm. because my understanding is that it's it's kind of its flagship yeah. policy initiative mm. and the fact it is um, it, it it you know it is getting a lot of press and does seem to be shaking things up potentially. Yeah, I think I think it's a good thing.
0: I I I I saw a lawyer speak about this last year and he made a comment that a lot in the consumer duty has been um you know, has been covered by the FCA prior. Mm. But this is kind of the FCA saying we really mean it now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So pay attention, take care of your customers. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And also since this is a, a UK initiative then the UK is hugely influential on, on global banking and finance, how this might spread to oh. other parts of the world, other consumer consumer duty needs. Excellent. So, there are a few things I wanted to point out again because we're staying on the site. This is going to be a very banker.com focused podcast. So, two things that we announced uh, from our Bank of the Year celebrations at the end of this year the Central Banker of the Year and the Finance Minister of the Year are now live on the site, and you can go and see them. So, our winner for Global and Europe was Andre Pushny, have I done that correctly?
1: That's uh, right. Yes.
0: Oh, lovely Ukraine. So, Good yeah. for me. Um, so he's uh, he is one of the few governors who've had an introduction to central banking like that of Andre, who heads up the National Bank of Ukraine, appointed in October 2022 after former governor Krylo Svenkenenko resigned. Um, his job has been complicated from day one by the realities of war in that country with missile and drone strikes on the country's economic and energy infrastructure. And then, of course, our Global and America's uh, winner for Finance Minister of the Year is Nogai Acosta Yan of Costa Rica. Uh, for a country relying substantially on foreign direct investment, Costa Rica's removal from the EU's list of non-cooperating countries in tax matters is significant. The October decision recognised the progress the country has made in updating its tax reg- tax regulation. Costa Rica's removal from the grey list is a sign of its commitment to meeting international fiscal standards. Any comment on uh, central central and finance
2: ministers of the year? It's always a bit, let's say, difficult for the for our. Judging panel to pick up the the winners Mm. just because it's it's very um, uh, a lot of countries come from have different, very different economic situations. Yeah, so
0: you want to see progress uh, though. I mean, especially uh, with the finance uh, minister in Costa Rica, you can see the work that's been done. Yeah, in in this case, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But it's uh, you know, everybody could say it's it's kind of uh, somehow subjective, Mm. which doesn't mean it's you know, it it, because there is there are no kind of um, uh, numbers and data to support these decisions, but I think it's uh, a decision like this in terms of um, Costa Rica was quite quite relevant. Yeah. Mm,
0: excellent. Yeah, and you can see all of the winners of our uh, 2023 Bank of the Year
2: on thebanker.com.
0: We have, uh, as you know, that Michael had just passed me a note. This is, <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> so we're going to promote before we move off the site for, uh, for, for, for our end. Um, you know, the banker is known for its uh, rankings and awards. So upcoming very soon is the Investment Banking Awards. So take us away. Tell us about that.
1: Correct. So uh, the Investment Banking Awards uh, are now open. Mm-hmm. Um, and if everyone could please get their submissions in um, within a couple of months. Uh, That'd be uh, great. (laughs) Uh, So so it's open. Please do enter. Mm. Um, Look forward to reading them.
0: Cool. and it's live it's all the information is available on the banker.com right now yes. yes excellent perfect please come in because we love we love handy got awards to good banks um so when nothing really interesting caught my eye off the banker.com as it should mm-hmm. <laughs> um but it was very interesting coming back after christmas and um you know linkedin is 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 full of um you know people moving on to new jobs um mm. more on that maybe in the coming weeks but um so but I know we this is a very Europe UK focused podcast right at the moment. So the one that caught my eye was Starling Bank's chief banking officer Helen Bearton who has been profiled in The Banker has left Starling and has joined uh, Lloyds Banking Group as director of everyday banking. So we wish Helen all luck in her new position. Mm. any new so, positions no, you saw pop up that you thought were
2: interesting? No, I just I just uh, like the job titles. Yes, everyday a, banking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was quite surprised that a a bank as a, you know,
0: offers mm. this kind well, of Was like that consumer duty stuff? Oh, everyday banking. Yeah, it sounds like fun. <laughs> they watch it, it's kind of like <laughs> coming back and, you know, being in touch with the bank on a constant basis. <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. Okay. Michael, Barbara, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks very Wonderful. much. Thanks, and Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Banker Midweek, part of the portfolio of podcasts from the editorial team at The Banker, available on thebanker.com and wherever you get your podcast fix. Search on The Banker Podcasts to listen to more.